0: Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter two, verse fourteen. It says, "Now thanks be to God, who always causes us to triumph in Christ." Listen, I'm so glad to have you with us. I'm in my leadership edition of the How to Win, and I want to thank you for taking this journey because leadership is not an event; it's not a destination, but it is a journey. And I want to thank you for taking this journey with me. Now, I began a series, powerful series, entitled Leadership is Not for Wimps. Leadership is not for wimps. The theme of this series is courage. If you're going to be an effective leader, you must possess courage. This series, Leadership is Not for Wimps, has three divisions. Division 1 we talked about courage in general. Division 2 we talked about decision making. And now we're in the last division and we're teaching on criticism. The title of this division, this part is when people say bad things about you. When people say bad things about you, this is our third and final lesson in the whole series and in this division when people say bad things about you. We're talking about criticism. And then this subtopic for today is how to shut the mouth of your critic. How to shut the mouth or mouths of your critics. How do we do that? I'm going to give you some tips. To shut in the mouth of your critic now I want to want to look in at uh, some Bible verses, and these uh, leadership uh, episodes are based off biblical principles. I want us to look at proverbs sixteen seven in the ESV translation. It says, When a man weighs, please the Lord, he makes even his enemies' To be at peace with Him, Proverbs sixteen seven. Let's look at and now I like to share in the Message Bible. It says, "When God approves your life, even your enemies will end up shaking your hand." I like that. I say that again. When God approves of your life, even your enemies will end up shaking your hand. Proverbs sixteen seven. That was the message translation. Now, let's look at Hebrews chapter 6, verse 15 through 16 in the New Living Translation. And we've been talking about Nehemiah uh, in this division on criticism and how he was sent by God to rebuild the wall in Jerusalem. Now, notice It took about 52 days to complete the project. And here in verse 15 and 16, we have a declaration from the word of God that the project was completed. In verse 15, it says, so on October the 7th, this is the New Living Translation. So on October the 7th, the wall was finished just 52 days after we had begun. When our enemies and our surrounding and the surrounding nations heard about it, they were frightened and humiliated. They realized this had been done with the help of God. Wow. You know what? When God it has instructed you and empowered you, It doesn't matter what your enemies think about it, because in the end, the vision shall speak and not lie. In the end, all shall see that it was God's hand in the work. Amen. Now, in this last session, on criticism, and the last division of uh, leadership is not for wimps. I want to talk about the keys to managing criticism. Keys to managing criticism. And if you've been on the journey with me at any time, you know I love the number seven. So I'm going to give you seven keys to managing criticism. We know it's unavoidable. We know that we're not in heaven, and Satan wants to stop what you're doing, but we know all criticism is not bad. some is constructive. But let's talk about managing criticism, managing it, managing it. I'm going to give you seven keys, and then I'm going to kind of explain some of those keys, give you some further insight. Key number one, expect it. That's simple, isn't it? If you're going to manage that criticism, you have to expect it. Say that. Expect it. Two words. Expect it. All effective leaders are criticized. Expect it. Anytime you step out to do something new, something new, you step out to express compassion, Expect opposition. Expect it. You can't please everyone. Expect it. You cannot please everyone. Whatever decision you make, someone is going to disagree. Expect it. Make the best decision. This all under number one. Make the best decision and live with the consequences. Expect it. Vision, this is powerful now. I'm dealing with the first key. Expect it. Vision attracts criticism because true vision provokes change. And some people, for different reasons, are satisfied with the status quo, expect it. How do I manage uh, criticism? Number one, you expect it. Number two, don't take on a victim's mentality. Don't take on a victim's mentality. You see, self-pity is counterproductive. And that's whenever you get in self-pity, you have taken on a victim's mentality. But self-pity is counterproductive because it absolves you of the responsibility of responding properly. Did you get that? Self-pity, that's a manifestation of a victim's mentality. It's counterproductive. It absolves you of the responsibility to respond properly. Listen, people are going to criticize you. If you're out front, you're a leader, you're calling the shots, even if it's something great, even if it's something good you are going to you're going to experience criticism so don't take on a victim's mentality self pity is a manifestation of a victim's mentality the problem with it self pity it absolves you of the responsibility of responding properly God does not hold us accountable for what others do to us, but He does hold us responsib- responsible for how we respond matthew five forty four says to love your enemies that's a response. Bless those who curse you. that's a response. Do good to those who hate you. That's your response." Pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. That's a response. God holds us responsible for our response to the the criticism. But self-pity, which is a manifestation of a victim's mentality, will absolve you of the responsibility of responding properly. How do I manage Criticism. Number one, expect it. Number two, don't take on a victim's mentality. And number three, don't take it personally. Now, I, I I'll be honest with you, transparent with you. I um, when I first moved out as a leader, and my first leadership responsibility in the church was a pastor. I was a, I was I was a pastor, and I was young, early twenties. No experience, no Bible training. I'm pastoring this church. And I received a lot of criticism during those days. And um, I took it personally. I, I, I must admit, I took a lot of criticism personally. There were nights I didn't sleep. There were times my stomach hurt me from the stress and the worry and anxiety you know i i I took a lot of I internalized a lot of it then, as I began to mature, then stopped the criticism in fact, because as the church began to grow and different things began to happen, um more criticism came. In fact, criticism came with success. Success came up one track. Criticism came up the next track, the other track at the same time. Success came, criticism came, just goes with the territory. So don't take it personally. Don't take the criticism personally. Don't take it personally in the sense that you're unique and you're special. No, no. Listen, John fifteen twenty. Jesus says that the servant is not above the master. If they've hated me, Jesus said they're going to hate you. First Timothy, Second Timothy three twelve. Second Timothy three twelve says all that live godly will suffer persecution. So don't take it personally in the sense that you some special unique person. Person, We all experience persecution if we're doing things the right way. And as a believer, if we're committed to the things of God, you're going to experience some persecution. Don't take it personally. If it was someone else in your position, fulfilling your role, they, he or she, would experience criticism too. So don't take it personally. Now, I had to learn this. Remember, uh, I pastor for 40 some years, 42 years and eight months, okay? So I had to learn to manage criticism. I had to learn to not internalize the criticism. But as as I grew, In my leadership capacity and even grew in my faith journey with Christ, I learned to not internalize the uh, criticism. Why? Because I'm a steward. I realized after a while that I was a steward as a pastor. I didn't own the people, didn't own the church. I didn't own anything. I was a steward. I was managing on behalf of God. The people belong to God. The buildings belong to God. the, The land belongs to God. And as a steward, why should I take it personally? People talk against the church. They weren't talking against me. People talk about the ministry and what we were doing. I'm trying to follow God, so they're not talking about me. So learn to not take it personally. Number four, pray about it. Pray about it. In Nehemiah 4, chapter 4, verses 4, verses 9, and Nehemiah 6, six chapter, verse 14, we see how Nehemiah responds, Nehemiah responds to, to the criticism and the persecution. How he responded. He prayed. So learn to vent your frustrations and your disappointments. So there'll be times when you're frustrated. Sometimes you're disappointed because sometimes the people that are talking very negatively about you may be people that you've supported, people that you've helped. And that can be disappointing. But vent your disappointments to God. Tell God about it. Don't go around talking about it to other people. And, and especially if you're a pastor, don't take the criticism in your pulpit. Don't don't waste people's time talking about other folk, talking about you. They didn't come to hear about that. They came to hear the word of God. So don't waste people's time. Seek God's per- perspective. Pray about it. Seek God's perspective on what, You're hearing what people are saying. Uh, Ask him for grace. The Bible says that he will give more grace in James 4. Ask him for grace to be able to the strength to be able to not internalize the, the criticism that you're receiving. Number five, process the criticism. Don't react impulsively. Process it. Process it. How do you process it? Don't engage in impulsive reactions. Defensiveness, argumentation, excuse-making, retaliation are all impulsive reactions. No, it's inevitable. Criticism is inevitable. So there's no need of you trying to defend yourself. I mean, there's some things you should say, your position, if it's important to do so. But defending yourself, the Bible says uh, a man's integrity will preserve him. Your integrity will preserve you. Argumentation never profits. If you don't have to argue with people, you know, you shouldn't do that. Excuse making, you know, retaliations. You know vengeance is the Lord, God said in the Word Romans chapter thirteen. Vengeance is the Lord. It's not yours it may have been i'm- um, pardon me in Genesis, I mean in Romans in chapter twelve, Romans chapter twelve number number five, process the criticism and don't react impulsively here Here's some keys to processing the criticism. Evaluate the nature of the criticism. Is it constructive? Is it destructive? What is the attitude of the critic? What is the attitude of the critic? What is the objective of the criticism? What is the results of the criticism? Is it designed to bring improvement? Does it cause a loss of energy? Loss of passion? Does it assist you in achievement? Does it create unity and cooperation? Evaluate it. Process the criticism. Number six, stay focused. Stay focused. You have an assignment. You have a goal. You have a dream. Stay focused. Come on, say that this after me. I am going to stay focused. When Sam Ballad and Tobiah and all the other ones were criticizing Nehemiah, trying to get him to come down, Nehemiah said, "I'm too too busy. I got too much to do to come up down on the wall and deal with you." It's a waste of time spending a whole lot of time with people who really have no skin in the game. They're not trying to help you, not trying to assess you, not giving you anything, not praying for you, not doing anything. Don't waste your time. Don't waste a lot of time with people like that. Stay focused. Stay focused on what God called you to do. Don't even put the criticism in your mouth. Don't 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 give attention to stuff that's trying to pull your distraction away. Stay focused, remain vision centered. That's what Nehemiah did. Remain vision centered, and if you've spent time praying about what you're doing, remember God is the source of the vision. God is the source of the vision. You don't need the critic to support you. You don't need that. People throwing destructive criticism, they can't stop you unless you lose focus. The only way they can stop you is that you lose focus. Stay focused. Stay vision focused, not critic focused, not criticism focused. Stay focused. Trust the faithfulness of God. Stay focused. Satan comes a lot of times through criticism and persecution to try to distract you, to pull you off. Stay focused, stay focused. Come on, say that. I will stay focused. Come on, say it. I will stay focused, stay focused. And number seven, number seven, adjust the plan. When situations dictate it, we're talking about how to manage criticism. Sometimes you have to adjust your plan when the situation dictates it. In Nehemiah chapter four, verse 16 through 17, the the persecution and the criticism became so intense that the people supporting Nehemiah and working on the wall began to become afraid of an attack from the enemies, the persecutors. They were afraid that they were going to be personally attacked. So now Nehemiah adjusted his plan. (laughs) He had some people, all they did was watch out. That's all they did. That was their assignment. While the people were building the wall And then he had others that had a tool in one hand and a weapon in another hand. He adjusted his plan. Sometimes you have to adjust your plan when situations change and situations dictate it. Stay stubborn about the vision. Stubborn about your vision. Flexible about your plan, stay stubborn about the vision, but flexible when it comes to plans, the vision shouldn't change. The vision is consistent. You've taken the time to hear from heaven. The vision is consistent, but the plan and how you're going to get there, often that can change. But be stubborn about the vision, flexible about the plan, stubborn about the vision, flexible about the plan. And don't confuse God's vision with your plans. Don't confuse God's vision with your plan. Now, I want to conclude this lesson, and then I want to challenge you to do something about this series. Albert Herbert said the final proof of greatness is to endure criticism without resentment. What a beautiful quote. Albert Hubbard, this is a quote by him. He says that the final proof of greatness is to endure criticism without resentment. That's a powerful quote, powerful statement, because it's possible to go through criticism, a season of heavy criticism, and come out on the other end resentful and bitter. But he says the final proof of greatness is to endure criticism without resentment. And the way I believe that you do that is you you engage a lifestyle of forgiveness a lifestyle of forgiveness, a lifestyle of forgiveness. If you'll go back and listen to this, this uh, division on criticism, you'll be able to evaluate constructive over destructive. You'll be able to see it is very clear. We explain it is very clear. So when you come up against constructive criticism, Open up your arms, embrace it. It's designed to bring positive change, designed to cause you to improve. When you come up against destructive criticism, be quick to forgive, quick to forgive. Open your mouth and, and say, Jesus, you said, when I stand praying in Mark eleven twenty 25, 2, forgive. And I forgive this person. I forgive that person. I forgive them for saying this. I forgive them. I'll I'll not hold it against them. That'll keep your heart clean and pure. And you can keep going because really no one outside of you can stop you from doing what God wants you to do. But you can get distracted, you can embrace bitterness and resentment, and you can shut down your own faith. But other than you, no one outside of you can stop you from being successful. So what people say, really, their opinion is only weighty, weighty to the degree that you endorse it. You have to give weight to people's opinion. Remember. A lot of people don't have any skin in the game. They ain't giving you anything. They ain't praying for you. They're not trying to help you. So don't waste a minute of sleep thinking about people who have no skin in the game. Listen, uh, this completes our series. I want you to go back. I want you to go back. Leadership is not for wimps. Powerful, powerful, powerful series. About eight lessons, eight lessons. Uh, division 1 we talked about courage is a quality every leader must possess. And Division 2, there were two lessons in that division. In Division 2 we talked about your decisions will make you or break you. And we we divided that up to three lessons and then we talked about when people say bad things about you. Third division, that was on criticism. Listen, go back You can go on YouTube, Mike Moore Ministries, and you can pull back these lessons. I believe that you will, if you'll meditate it, think about it, embrace it practice the principles, I believe that your leadership capacity will continue to rise and grow and you'll fulfill all that God wants you to fulfill. Listen, I love you. Again, thank you for taking this leadership journey with me. We're going to begin a new series next time. I look forward to seeing you. Have a good rest of the week. Ain't nobody,